Welcome to episode 19 of the Toronto Until Blue Jays podcast. I'm Steve Artabello with Anthony Harris and Theo Giordano. You can find us at our website, torontoontilt.com. You can find us on Twitter at Toronto Untilt. Of course, you can find the video of this podcast on YouTube, Toronto Untilt. And the audio of this podcast is available everywhere you can get podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google, Spotify, uh, all of the things. Like, comment, subscribe, tell your friends, share. Uh, it's the All-Star break now. I got the, the Derby starts. We're recording on a Monday because we're doing the midseason review now that it's the All-Star break. Just to explain why we're doing it on Monday. We did tweet that out. We did tell you in the last episode and this is what was coming. We're doing it because of Forza. Oh, and so that's obviously. That's why we're doing it. Yeah we, yeah, we couldn't record. You thought we were distracted last week during the uh, Jays game. This <laughs> one, we wouldn't. I, yeah. I was in no condition to be talking on camera, even in a podcast that does uh, that. You know what I mean? Between friends, I was in no condition to do anything on camera. Uh, had a good time. Italy won the Euro. It was excellent. Uh, yeah, that was dope. Even I watched it. How crazy is that? Exactly. Tony, I the half Italian here. That's right. Theo, who just uh, called it and. You know, I mean, I won some good money on Italy this this tournament, and no one wants to hear about it. But you know, I, I'm I, I feel wanna, like I'm in a way help propel this team to the title this year. If I would have believed in them earlier, I could have made more money. But whatever, it was great. Uh, but yeah, let's get right into it. We'll we'll do the mid the the weekly review like we normally do of last week, and then like we said, we'll get into all the midseason stuff, some trade targets, a midseason review for players, um, and then we'll just touch on. Uh, Gunnar Hoagland, who the Jays drafted in the first round. Who that was yesterday? Yep. So, yeah, yeah, that so. happened during the game. Uh, <laughs> or no, maybe after no, the game. I don't know. Game. There's a lot of things that happened. There's this big blur and a lot of partying and a lot of people on the street and flags everywhere. It was a good time. Real good time. Uh, shout out Chris Lane, who watched that with me, who's actually from London. And when I said London, I don't mean Ontario. I mean England. And uh, yeah, that was... Uh, sorry. Sorry, Lane. Sorry, not sorry. Anyways, Tony. Uh, as oh, uh, so he refreshes himself and is frozen right as I'm about to throw to him. That's this the is beautiful. That's going to be the thumbnail this week. Oh, that's 100%. It has to be the thumbnail. Like, that's perfect. Uh, I guess... <laughs> Do you want to um, skip over? You want to skip over until Tony comes no, back? back? Oh, and there he is. Right, perfect timing. All right. Tony, Tuesday. What Tuesday. happened? Tuesday sucked. Steven Matz pitched and he gave up <sighs> home runs. They fell behind seven to one against the Orioles. A series where we were excited. We're like, good. They're going to pick up a few games here. All these Orioles series we were looking forward to have not gone our way. They, they hit a few home runs later on. Gritchuk, Vlad, and Lourdes hit home runs when the game was already out of reach. Final score was seven to five. Didn't the Orioles sweep the Astros like the week before? Am I remembering that wrong? Was it them or the Tigers? It was. Uh, I think it might have been the Tigers. Oh. I I feel like, it, but yeah, no, some shitty team did yeah. did sweep them the week before, which was kind of nice. And again, we were getting excited for Seattle and it Baltimore. was the Astros or it was the Orioles. Sorry, they it was the Orioles. Yeah. Wait, no. Sorry. Yeah, it was the week before, and then they played the Angels, then they played us. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, we were excited for this part of the schedule and as many things this season, it hasn't gone according to plan. 
uh, Wednesday. Give Baltimore, give Baltimore, they're a team that's pretty good against left-handed pitching. And so. Matt's has been real hit or miss. So, And when Matt's has been bad, it's been the long ball, and it's really hurt him. So that's a problem. And, and he only went four innings. So not what you want. Coming back off COVID, too. So yeah, there yeah. is also that. Uh, move on to Wednesday. Theo? Wednesday, July 7th, the uh, Jays bounced back in a big way, 10-2 over the Orioles. Ryu made his last stop before the break, uh, bounced back a bit, five innings, just the one run and seven strikeouts. Looked uh, real good. Bit, had trouble keeping his pitch count down. Remember the last time he played the Orioles, he was cruising the whole game, had like eight pitch innings. This one was a little bit different, um, but he's still like, you know, was very, very good for the five innings he was out there for. Um, on offense, Matt Harvey was just a gift for this uh, for this offense. Oh yeah, uh, and 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 the Orioles pen. Um, Bo, Vladdy, T. Oscar all had three hit days, seven RBIs for them, and then Calvin and Lourdes drove in the other three runs, including two doubles for Calvin Bijo, who's really turned it around. Yeah, he's been great since he's come back off uh, the IL. He's been fully healthy. I'm not a hundred percent sure why he plays in the outfield so much when they have this many outfielders i know it's because of his defense and hey he played third base with ryu because we were talking about that the week before that that never happens and then boom and all of a sudden it happens it's like great cool i've noticed this has been a thing for like the entire like most of the season it was joe panic playing for ryu starts and then it was espinal when you know what i mean and then and it was a great cool right after i mentioned it they they we, actually we don't just mush the results of games we mush the lineups we mush everything but whatever if he's gonna hit two doubles it's fine i'm cool with it and we should also mention this was the first appearance by trevor richards um perfect over ending of work he had a really good week and uh t oscar also because this is a theme this week t oscar in the outfield this time it didn't come back to bite him but he made this didn't really have himself in good position to throw, but still, his arm talent's really, really amazing. So he was able to make the throw at home. But yeah, he's good to have so much. We talked, it was funny. I think, I don't know if it was last podcast, the podcast before, where I was talking about like, hey, he hasn't had that many boneheaded plays and he's made some nice throws and he's athletic out there. Like, it, he's not making amazing routes, but it doesn't look like he's making the bonehead ones he used to. And then this week happened. But yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Tony, let's move on. To, or did you guys have anything else you wanted to get to about that uh, pounding, or shall we move on? No, no, that was that was that expectation. That's the way it should be. Hell yeah! But I was expected to talk about the Thursday game. I was very excited to watch it, and then rain came in rain and ruined it. So I missed it. So I get to talk about Friday's game, and that game sucked too. They lost seven to one. Yep. Alex Manoa, we were excited about him after the way he's been pitching. He got nine Ks, but he only lasted three and two thirds. He had Reese McGuire dropping strikes. Alec Manoa being like he he did have some issues. He did have some walk issues and pitches that weren't close. But Reese McGuire dropping a pitch that was right like right down the middle didn't help when that was a ball. So uh I mean, I guess if I'm mentioning it right now, Reese McGuire, we were talking about, hey, maybe he could be something. He was on that that little hot streak. Yeah, that's dried up. and He Quite is who we thought he is. Yeah. Also, Danny Jansen coming back, catching Ryu. Ryu looking good again. The Jays talking Danny Jansen up a lot. 
makes me think that he'll be a backup catcher here for a long time. So I don't think Reese McGuire is long for this world. But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Fun fa- terrible fact about this game. There were 30 strikeouts between both teams. So yeah. real ugly side of baseball. All those that's, strikeouts. That's pretty gross. That's every old person's just nightmare. Show them that. Yeah, every old school baseball person. Um, the the yeah. Rays strike out a lot, though, right? Oh God, yeah, yeah. The Rays strike out a ton. Like they've changed. Like their team's a lot different. They're not like the Ben Zobris before that. You know what I mean? They they would K, but not a ton. And they walked a lot. Had a bunch of contact, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll move on to Saturday. Yep. Saturday, July tenth. The Jays lost 5-2 to Tampa Bay. My favorite pitcher in this rotation, Ross Stripling, made the start. Could not avoid the long ball in this one. Nope. Uh, three home runs over three and two-thirds innings of work. Uh, offense had nothing to offer in this one either. Straining runners early without much going on. Uh, only runs we scored with two-run shot by Marcus Simeon, probably the first half MVP other than Vlad. And... Uh, Another positive, we were talking about Trevor Richards. Another good appearance from him. One inning, two-thirds, four Ks. Also, did he does he dye his hair? Did we discuss this? No, time? that's natural. That was actually a good show. Uh, J.D. Bunkus thought 100% sure that he dyed his hair. And Trevor Richards' wife or girlfriend, I'm not sure actually if it was his wife or girlfriend, but his, his partner responded on Twitter uh, directly to Ben Ennis and J.D. Bunkus. No, that's all, that's all natural, baby. <laughs> He's just a uh, silver fox. It's it's good when you see a guy come out looking like that and he just dominates you. He just throws the hitters off. So With a changeup, too. Yeah. I love, uh, you know, the guy who doesn't throw super – he throws hard enough. He throws harder than Marco Estrada. But the super changeup coming from a Milwaukee pitcher, always nice to see. Yeah, yeah. Nothing it, better it, than it, a good changeup. And, hey, they traded Adam Lind for Marco Estrada, and now they've traded Rowdy Telez for – People were mad about that at the time. I remember that. Oh, pissed. yeah, people were really pissed about that Lynn trade, and uh, look how that worked out. So, uh, Trevor Richards has been great. Um, anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Uh, uh, speaking of that rowdy trade, that's another guy we traded to the Brewers, another bat of ours. We trade Billy McKinney, Derek Fisher, Vogelbach, and now Rowdy. I don't know what it is. All of the you- left-handed failed bats. In yeah. less than three years, Rowdy will end up on the Mets somehow because every one of these cast-offs end up on the Mets. You have Drury, that's a good point. Kinney, that's a good point. Pilar. They do end up on. Yeah, no, that's he, it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen because yeah. the Mets are the Mets. Well, they'll have all their injuries. That's, that's they're the goddamn Mets. Somehow, Pete Alonso won't be playing. It'll be Rowdy Telez. Something so will be happen. on the IL. Like yeah, everybody. exactly. Or he'll have like left because he demanded a trade because it's the Mets. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sunday then. I was about to say, yeah, did you want to talk anything else about Saturday before we get to uh, a thank God for Robbie Ray Sunday game? I no? just want to get right, into get Robbie. Do Robbie, because it, it was beautiful. He was electric in this game. Now, full, full disclosure, I was very, I was partially aware. I was listening to this game uh, on the radio as I was getting ready to enjoy italy winning the euro so yes continue tony <laughs> yeah robbie ray was just he was locked in right from the jump he was didn't give up anything and all of a sudden you realize oh yeah this guy hasn't given up any hits and that kept going until the seventh inning 
where Yandy Diaz had a double. He also walked as well. He did both of the only guy to get on base against him the whole whole game. Seven innings, eleven Ks, and he had enough run support here because the Jays put up a few runs on Dick Mountain, Rich Hill. They scored uh, three the on best him. nicknames in sports. It's a it's a really cool nickname. Uh, the old man, he's he hasn't been doing as well lately. The Jays put up a few in the fourth. The sticky stuff, uh, not being able to use that, I think. Oh has, yeah, uh, he's been one of the people who's been hurt the most since that. Uh, I feel like he's that. been vocal about it too, like quite upset. <laughs> he gets upset a lot, almost Garrett Cole style, because yes, he does get upset a lot. Like he destroys stuff in the dugout a lot too. Every every game, Espinal had the big hit. He had a he had the RBI single and then a cabin. Sack fly, and of course, Andy Jansen hit a home run as, as <laughs> usual. So that's what I one. meant about Danny Jansen is going to somehow be on this team forever because he's going to be a reused personal catcher. He's plays good defensively. The Jays always he talk up how good he calls the game. Lines. That's another thing. And then, that. unlike Reese McGuire, who went on that little hot streak and was all weak contact, when Danny Jansen makes contact, it, it leaves the yard. So, and yeah. Yeah. Even when he was struggling, he had a lot of hard hit balls. Like, and that's why, like, that's what you want. I've I've said this time and time again. Your prototypical backup catcher plays good defense, and every once in a while runs into a home run. And Danny Jansen's offense has been atrocious this year, but the way that the organization seems to view him, I think he's going to be the backup catcher for a while, no matter which one of the the various young catchers end up being the starter eventually. It's better than um, Josh Tolley. Like, we've had backup catchers who are zeros at the Oh, plate. God, yeah. I'm swinging a wet newspaper. Um, do you want to get in, into any more of that Sunday game before we get right into the uh, midseason stuff? I have a little bit of a generic question because when would you text? Because you, I know you weren't watching because of yep. the game. So I, I decided to text in the group, yeah. like, hey, maybe you turn the Jays game on. It was like the seventh inning, I think. Or was it like maybe the end? You was the seventh. That's when you can like to me because remember when MLB dot com you would get the like the app when you would have the update it'd be like through five innings and then that happened like every fucking every start for like half the league so then it was six innings and it still happened all the fucking time. That's what ESPN used to do with college football upset alert. Like if a a ranked team was down by three at halftime, you'd get like every one of these alerts popping up. It used to be just infuriating because just the way baseball is now with all the strikeouts and a little bit less contact, well, a lot less contact, um, guys will take no hitters deep. The thing is, is like, I want to know how many pitches he has and is it the seventh inning? Because if you get into the seventh inning, cool, then bring it up to me. And then on top of that, if they have 100 pitches in the seventh inning, don't talk to me because in today's baseball – like very few pitchers are going to be allowed to finish that. Like maybe Max Scherzer because he'll murder you if you come onto the map. <laughs> I think he was at eighty-five ish, but like the all-star breaks coming, you could have like meant to mental gymnastics to be like, all right, maybe they'll leave him in. And they've let him throw over a hundred. You know what I mean? Like they've they've given him that opportunity to extend himself before. So you could have maybe seen it. Not to mention Ray has had because he stays in the strike zone, he can have a quick inning because he can get a, he can get weak contact. Yeah. I agree. I didn't even realize it was a no hitter until I went on the MLB app and it said no hitter. And I'm like, Oh wow. He was just cruising like that. And I didn't even think about it. Yeah. The base runner too always like can throw you off. Like with Andy Diaz having a walk. 
yeah, you're just like, oh, guy got on base, whatever. Then you're like, wait a second, that was a walk. Hold on, and like, you know what I mean? Then you start actually looking up the stat, like the hit column, and you're like, oh wait, no one has a hit. Oh, oh, okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no. Um, anything else before we get into, I guess, trade targets and just different things we'll talk about for the for the Jays now that we've hit midseason? Or do you want to just talk about like midseason review with players and then go yeah. on to trade stuff? We, we can Let's talk about the guys in-house first. Okay. I think that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, who do you want to get to first? Because the two big ones are obviously Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon. Like, Vladdy... Actually, maybe Vladdy. Maybe we just start yeah, off with Vladdy. Because before the season, again, I don't want to harp on this a lot, but I think all of us were very stern in the fact that this guy was going to have this kind of season there was yeah. people unnamed broadcasters who were trying to push boba shet and saying he's the best hitter on this team but he knew all along this was going to happen with vlad he felt like he's delivered and then some this season and this is just who he's going to be well the big thing i think we all agreed on it and i've been harping it all season but i know we all agreed on it when we started the damn podcast our expectations for Vlad was this. It was insanely high. It was MVP level, one of the best hitters in baseball. Who cares what he did defensively at first base, which has been an like a unbelievable surprise how nice he's been at first base. He saved a lot of errors from his teammates. The fact that he's been really good at first base. And he's played but every day. It well, that's that's been the biggest thing. The fact that he's played every day. That's been the most surprising thing, I guess. Um just because of where he came from weight-wise and athletic-wise, but to, to play every day, to look that good at first base, and then to have this season where his OPS is over 1,100. At least I think it's 1,100. It might be 1,088 or some shit like that, but it's basically like, that is stupid. That is, but again, that's what we said he had to do. He had to be this guy who hit 320-something and had a 400 on base and didn't strike out, like, and struck out less than 12% of the time and could hit 40 bombs. And he's finally doing it. He finally got in shape. And it's just, it's everything we could have asked for and more. And like we said, that needed to happen. Right? Yeah, we expected this to happen eventually. I didn't expect it this year to be like peak level. This might be the best year he ever has. That's that's not to say he would be a disappointment afterwards. No, because an 1100 OPS is mind-boggling. And yeah. I didn't think he'd have these homer numbers. That's the one thing that surprised that, me. I always thought this guy would, if we got like 30 home runs a year from him, it'd be good because of how many doubles he was going to get. And just, you know, like a Miguel Cabrera type that they were all comparing him to. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and instead like you, you see the difference and like, it was, it's the home run swing that we saw in the Derby. Just now he's shed the pounds. So it's something he can do consistently and just turn on pitches. And again, it's, What's special about Vladdy is the way he goes to the plate with a plan. And that was what you heard in the minors. And it it looked, it didn't look that way when he was out of shape. No. You know what I mean? It looked like he was guessing wrong a lot. It looked like he couldn't get the fastballs. He definitely couldn't hit ones that were 95 plus. His, he was hitting like 150 or something on, on heat. Now he's hitting like 400. It's just, it's such a turnaround and it's, it's what the team needed. It's just hundred percent what the team needed. And he sped up the timeline of the team. Well, that's what we said. If they wanted to be a team that was sniffing around for a playoff spot, he had to be this guy. Exactly. He had to kick the timeline back. And on top of that, Teoscar had to maintain. And I, and I, we can talk about that now. The fact that he's been exactly what he was in the shortened season, hitting 300, not striking out like all the time. He still strikes out a lot, 
but not striking out like 35% of the time. The fact that he's driving in runs, hitting for power, average. It's just, it's, it's, he's been phenomenal, which is really made up for the fact that George Springer hasn't been here. And George Springer hasn't even been all the way back yet. But the fact that, you know what I like it's just, there's, there's been so many positives. There really has been for a season where they're what, 45 and 42 right now at the all-star break. And think about that. Think about the, and and again, I want to stay positive. I'm only going to bring this up mildly, but think about what the bullpen has given up and think about what Charlie's given up with stupid decisions. And this team is still three games over. Yeah. Like that's, like that offense, like it, it, it says a lot about the offense and, and the starting pitching, quite frankly. You can say it's the best in baseball, the best lineup in baseball. Yeah, 100%. Definitely top top three. Top three sure. in almost every stat. Like They're top five in every stat. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You even look at like a lineup like the Red Sox, who have been crazy good. But you look in the, the end of their lineup, they don't have what we have at the end of our no. lineup. At least but I don't want to Oh, what's yeah. he hitting? I know he's on a, he's just on a heater. I don't think he's going to hit 330 forever, but still. <laughs> yeah. And it was even Everybody guys like when, like even when Panic was on it, so he's keep finding these guys out the bench who just have these little runs. Goriel now. Like, it just seems like it would – I don't want to be like cliche, but his hitting contagious, like maybe this lineup, you know. When you just that, go into the end of this lineup, you just start hitting. That's what happens with this John and, and Bo has – like even when he's had his valleys, he's never really tailed off. Like he's been great. Semyon's been great. If if Bo can develop half the eye, Vladdy has, he's gonna be well. And here's the thing: Bo is such a work in progress that he's still this good. So young, right? That's that's the thing about this team is everyone is so young, and like Biggio specifically is playing out of position. But look what his bat is now. Now that his hand isn't destroyed, uh, all the injuries he went through with the neck and every, you know everything else. I don't think he's a third baseman. I don't think he's an outfielder either. I think he's a second baseman, maybe a first baseman, but he's probably a decent second baseman. Yeah. Offensively, though, he's a weapon. He and this team needs left-handed bats, so he's a he's a bat that has to stay in the lineup. And since he's come back off the DL. The IL, he's been great defensively. He's he's had his issues, but offensively, he's been solid. He's been great. You, you so. can also look at it like he's allowed Simeon to play a second base, which has made that position so much better. So if it takes away a little bit from third base, at least they're getting elite, you know, defense and on, on second base. Second, Marcus Simeon's the best second baseman in baseball right now. Altuve is getting hot again, but right now it's Marcus Simeon. He's the best second baseman in baseball. Yeah, it's been yeah. well worth the price for signing. That is one of the best free agent signings, not just for the Blue Jays, but in all of baseball this year. The one year Robbie Ray, probably, probably up there in top five in the whole Major League Baseball. Oh, for sure. Oh, in terms of value provided, especially for Ray at $8 million, and even Semyon at 18 like the value provided for those deals is insane. It's just, and yeah. like Robbie Ray is their best pitcher. Marcus Semyon is. If he's not their second best hitter, he's their third. Like, this is what we're talking about. These massive, massive impact guys. And the funny thing is they got Robbie Ray for Travis Bergen, who's now in the organization again. That's just, you can say a lot of things about Shaq and I have at different times, but these are some moves that have been unbelievably good. And I have to 
eat some crow here because when they did the Ray signing, and I'm like, well, Taiwan Walker, why why aren't you? Oh, same. I was right there with you. Now Taiwan Walker has been phenomenal this year, but and I I wouldn't have. I did say I wouldn't have given him those years just because of the injury history and all that. I mean, it's looking great now, but the fact that he got was a three year deal, like an option for four. It was something stupid like that. Yeah. I know it was declining money and it was kind of safe, but at the same time, like it was multiple years guaranteed. So I get why the Jays didn't do it, but it kind of would have been nice to have it. But Robbie Ray's just been, you can't say anything about how he's just, he's been their best pitcher. It's just by far and away, he's been their best pitcher. And without him, I don't know where this team would be. So his and command Mark- improvement is, is what it's all about. He only has 23 walks this year. Which we would have expected. And he's throwing up to 97. Like he's just pumping fastballs almost all the time now. And then from like peppering in the off speed stuff here and there, but he's just trusting his stuff. Yeah. And you don't even notice the home runs, how good he's been. Like he still has the homer issue, but it's like not even a problem because it's always a solo shot. And it's like once a game, maybe. Yeah. It it feels like it's, it happens like the end of the game as he gets tired. He allows a digger. That's, that's, it it almost feels like it's, it, it hasn't, like, I know he's led. I think he leads the league in dingers allowed, but it, it never feels like he gives them up in situations where it matters. Yeah, solo shots are fine. You know, one or two a game. In in the new baseball, yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's just going to happen. Um, And, yeah, just we were talking about it before, Marcus Simeon, just those two signings. Uh, he's been just – he's been the best second baseman in baseball. That's just the way it is. You know, he's he's been that good. Um. Do you want to do disappointments or we want to keep it positive? Because we can do a few of those. Like Danny Jansen not hitting at all has been disappointing. Ryu's been fine. I don't. I wouldn't. I would not put him in that category. He's been fine overall. He's been good. The last little while has been a down stretch, but you know he started phenomenally. So I have no problem with Ryu. The the Chatwood obviously. I don't know if we discussed it. That's but... infuriating. And some of that's just the fact that Charlie won't like issues I have with Charlie, but them beating a dead horse. I clearly don't agree with the manager. Yeah. And I don't trust him too much for no reason. Yeah. I don't think he makes good choices. I really don't. But hey, maybe he is great with these kids and maybe a lot of what he does allows them to do. I don't know that. I can't see it. You know what I mean? I just, I'm not in the clubhouse. I don't understand how it works, but. Woof! Some of these decisions. You know, it's been bad when, like, I think I had like a three. I'm texting one of you guys. We're like, you know what? What Joe Siddle? He maybe in a couple of years. I love Joe Siddle so much. I think it was to me when I was still working at that time because awake we were talking about it. <laughs> oh man! But, it, but yeah, you know, no. I think for the most, like, as far as what you thought you're getting from this rotation and what you thought you're getting from Marcus Simeon. You you were if you saw where the hat were doing now, you would expect us to be a lot better than what we are. But I think it's been overwhelmingly positive. And, and disappointments, even even the guys who have been downplaying like Trichuk and Rio, like it hasn't been to the level that's like cratered your team. And here's the thing: they're forty five and forty two. Did we expect them to be a juggernaut? Did we think at any point they'd be ten games under over five hundred? No, I didn't. Right, been eighty five games, but no. Well, that's the thing. 85 games. Exactly. Like just barely over 500, like basically the path that they're on now, yeah. you know, it's essentially the, the win total that they're on now. It, it that that's kind of what we thought they would be. And that's what they've been. And the fact that they've been in so many close games and it feels like so many has slipped away. It just, it's, 
I think it's a testament to this young team. And I think it's a reason why you need to keep making additions. I've been super like Trevor Richards, great addition for Rowdy. Great addition. He's been great. Adam Simberg and hopefully Dickerson when he comes. Great additions. More needed. That's just we were talking about this. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. I was just gonna say how much of because I look at the the runs against and runs for the Pythagorean win for yeah. How much of that do you like take into consideration? Looking at, I look at the MLB.com like every day, and I see that I'm like, you know what a record should be, and it's like, it's so run differential. I I think I think that matters a lot. It has. I think yeah. run differential and the fact that they like again, I joked around about about this team be, feeling like 2015, and this is I'm pretty sure weren't they? For, like, same weren't thing. they didn't have the exact same record going to the All Star break? Alex Anthopoulos, I think he even said it. Like, look at what our runs it runs four runs against us like this team is way better that is exactly what he said it's why i bring it up because exactly he went all in on this team uh, in that 2015 team because of the run differential it was like it's too good i can't not do everything possible to give this team the chance to win and i think they're gonna have opportunities at the trade deadline because we see guys get traded all the time and like again we see these like stupid trade proposals floated out there and then every year guys get traded you're like that's it that's all he went for right and yeah. because they're rentals we just did it with rowdy like i can't believe rowdy got that, us anything of value back and and trevor richards has multiple years of control just like adam simber you know what i mean like, it's phenomenal it is unbelievable it's exactly what you need so they need another impact i'll get right to it like the guys i'm looking at the, the biggest deal that I would like to see happen, uh, the, the pitcher kind of gives me pause a little bit because it's the, the sticky stuff away, but he has multiple years of control. Uh, Richard Rodriguez from the Pirates, but specifically, I want to see them go get Adam Frazier. I would love to see them get both of those guys. And I know you'd have to give up. Now, here's the thing. Richard Rodriguez has two years of control past this, and Adam Frazier has a year of control past this. And Frazier's hitting 300. He's just he plays Gold Glove defense. He plays multiple positions. And Richard Rodriguez is a phenomenal closer, even though he's been a little shaky since the sticky stuff thing. I think that would be the perfect type of trade. And if you're gonna trade a roster piece, if you're gonna trade a Guriel, or if you're gonna trade a Kirk, you got to do it for guys with control and guys that are gonna be around for multiple shots, multiple kicks of the can with this group, and. I think, especially if you did trade a Guriel, for example, you can move Biggio into left field. You can have Dickerson and Grichik DH, right? And Frazier can play third base because then, then you have an elite third. Like you have a better defender on the left side. And you were saying about lefty bats. Like if there's one <laughs> thing about this offense, that's the exactly. Only thing. And he doesn't strike out. And yeah, he doesn't hit for a lot of power. But who cares? Considering all the power hitters they have, it's a guy from the left side that hits. It's Michael Brantley with a little less power. Now, granted, Michael Brantley's hitting like 350 this year, but still, Adam Frazier's hitting like 320. Oh, don't yeah, even, if, if Michael Brantley was here as the DH, it would have been. We wouldn't have Semi. Say that all the time. That's true, actually. That, that is probably true. That is probably true. Things really, um, things work, though. But yeah, a guy Brantley's like Frazier, you would think, wouldn't be, knowing what is valuable in today's game, what everyone looks at, it's not really guys like Adam Frazier. It's, it's really more. The guys with more power, the guys who are, I don't know, especially elite athletes, stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. And I think like, this Pirates team that is in a full rebuild mode, I think they're the perfect team to target. 
I, I'm sorry if you talked about. Did you say like where you'd want him to hit in this lineup? Like if we made that trade tomorrow, if it was perfect and we could really just organize it perfectly, because and this is gonna sound weird because you're not gonna like because here's the thing. I would say it'd go, you'd go Springer. Vladdy and then him hit three. But what probably I think would happen is you would go if you got Adam Frazier, is they would be Springer, Bo, Frazier, Frazier hitting three with Vladdy hitting four, and then Teoscar five. Because Frazier, it's because he's the because he's an average guy and he doesn't hit for power. I don't see him hitting four or five. And I don't see him leading off because of even though Springer's not leading off yet, I kind of think coming out of the all-star break, you're gonna see Springer leading off. And I think you're gonna see Semyon drop down to four or five. Behind, maybe even behind uh, Teoscar. But that's just. I, I can't say I'm, I would be thrilled about Vladi moving. I think he should be too. But. I, that's no, but that's what I mean. In an ideal world, you'd base, you would go Springer, Vladi, Frazier, and then Bo and Teoscar and Cav. Like, you know what I mean? You could, you could really mix it up. But the thing is, they're probably going to go, and it's Charlie, so who knows? They might go like five. He might go five righties and then put all the lefties at the bottom of the order just because be BGO and Fraser at eight nine. Yeah, right? Like would that surprise you? Honestly. No. And Dickerson's back and it's just them seven, eight, nine. Yeah, it's like, well, Dan yeah. Like I said, I don't I don't think it's a scenario where Danny would hit above any of those guys, but even with no, you know, but you see, Charlie. But you see what I mean, right? Like it's are you like you would like to spread them out. That's only really why I bring up hitting Fraser there. Because ideally, he's really a leadoff hitter. Because he gets on base, yeah. he hits for a high average. He's a leadoff hitter. He doesn't hit for a ton of power. So. Yeah, if he's hitting eighth, then what's the point? Would- exactly. If you're if you're acquiring him, like that's why I say like I think you could stick him three because he does because he hits for a high average. He could drive in runs, and then of course you have so much pop behind him and the pop in front of him and Bo and Springer. There's so much of it because then you're going Vladdy. Teoscar, Semyon, Grich, uh, maybe even Dickerson. Who knows, right? I don't like when Grichik gets lumped into those. Like, look at the lineup. You know, people say, no, like, no, oh, look Grichik at this, would, this, this Grichik would be the other half of a DH with Dickerson. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm, in, the, in this scenario, maybe Gurriel's traded. So maybe you don't have him. That's why Biggio would be in left field, right? Because he's trying to keep a, yeah. a, a lefty bat in the, the thing. Who knows? Uh, there's also talk like Arash Danny brought it up when he brought up Richard Rodriguez, Craig Kimbrell. He's been cost a lot more, yeah. I don't think so. He's making Craig a Kimbrell lot of money, sixteen and a half million dollars, and it's a vesting option, which is gonna vest unless he gets hurt for next year. It's sixteen and a half million dollars. That's exactly it's a big ticket, and you've seen no, that those big tickets don't it, go for cup, a lot. The Cubs, the Cubs have, have like, been terrible. Within, within two weeks, they went from playoff contender to five-year rebuild. Like in the matter okay. of, well, in the off-season, they went from rebuild to contending to rebuild to start. Like they had like Chris Bryant bounce back. They had some things where it's like, okay, the Cubs are like in a weaker division. But this is before the Brewers took off, really. And it's like they were with them, well, and it felt like they were. And like Bryant, Baez, Rizzo, all of the their free agents have all sucked since like June first. Yeah, they all fell off. They're completely off a cliff too, like really bad if you look at their splits. Like they, lost, they, had that, they got swept by Milwaukee. I think it was like a four game. They got it, swept. That's it's something's wrong like, with that worked, team. Like it kind of worked wrong. out. You know, something's wrong have, with that whole team though. Something is up. Like none of them hit. Like it's just I don't know. I loved Grandpa Rossi as a player and as an analyst, but 
I don't know. Something's wrong with that team. Well, this is what it's been like the last few years. Like on paper, you're like, wow, this should yeah. be a lean lineup, and they're not. And yeah, no one exactly. really knows why. Like Bryant's played through some injuries. Bias probably has two. Rizzo's but, getting older. But the thing yeah. is, is also like even the young guys aren't like Hap. You know, like, they've kind of yeah. dicked him around, and he's looked really good at times. Like last year, at one point, he looked like Bryce Harper, and then he like it's just it's wild yeah. how volatile that team is in terms of production. But at and least considering all those guys are all stars. They had a little bit of fun this year. You know, it's going to be the last year they're all together. And now they're going to be able to trade them. Because if they were this yeah. good in August, they would just be like having a half-hearted, let's buy, let's do it. And then they just lose and lose every everybody. So yeah. they kind of get the best of both worlds. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they, if they started this slump July 31st, July. they would have just been. Yeah. Oh They'd yeah. be in August and screwed. So, yeah, exactly. At least they can move them before the trade deadline the end of the month uh are there any other trade targets though that you guys were kind of looking at because i know like again my ideal thing would be like go get the closer richard rodriguez ideally the sticky stuff he's he's over that and he's got multiple years of control and multiple years of control of a lefty bat like adam frazier i know the dream for me that i discussed in the off season and when he was struggling early was like holy shit this you know let's luis castillo sweeps yeah it's not going to happen now. The Reds are, you know, looking like they're in a playoff race. So there's also guys like Barrios we can we can touch on. Another That'd be interesting. And Nelson Cruz has been linked to the Jays, which I mean, they need a lefty bat, but it's Nelson Cruz. I'm not going to say no. That was, <laughs> I'd be all in on Nelson. I love Nelson Cruz so much. No one, again, he's a guy that no one remembers that he did juice and is probably still juicing because he's in his 40s and hitting yeah, a million dollars. That's why I'm but, not worried about it. He's okay. still juice. Exactly. He's he fun. The Chris Colabello thing where he has the great year and then next year gets caught. Yeah, who cares? As long as he doesn't get caught. Like, as long uh, while this happens, he's like, he's a good play. And then if they make the playoffs, he does. Imagine telling this guy you failed a drug test. You're not playing anymore. You want to do that? <laughs> no, I don't think anybody wants to do that. I don't. Screws. Also, the most fun trade that we haven't discussed that maybe doesn't make the most sense as far as the lineup, but a Josh Donaldson trade. Well, I don't think he's ever coming back, but yeah, they could use the third baseman. No, they the organization hates them, unfortunately. And he hates them so much. He yeah, made the way it very they clear around at the at the deadline. And he didn't believe in their. The funny thing is, he didn't believe in the high performance department. When he stopped listening to them, he got hurt more. Even though I have a problem with the high performance department and some of the things they do, but the fact that he ignored them and got hurt more is just. And that injury has reappeared multiple times. Since he's left. Well, then they like rushed him back when they're trying to trade him at the deadline. They're like, oh, yeah, now you're rehabbing. And he's just obviously has a reason to be upset. That was that whole thing was a mess. I don't know what the hell happened there. That was and they turned a down a Jack Flaherty trade before the season, which yeah. just uh, hurts my soul. That, was, that, that, was goodness rotation. So that 2018 team was going nowhere. It nope. wasn't. There was no shot they were winning. And Shaq Flair did be your ace. I know. It's, uh, but that's uh, that's a lot of ifs and buts of candy and nuts, right? Yeah. Fucking old, old. If we ass had Flair, we wouldn't have Robbie Ray, Steve. Let's just like talk ourselves into that. Exactly. I'd still rather Jack Flaherty. But anyways. Also, before we get to the next topic, how many homers did Olsen hit? Did he, is he out? Yeah, I, I think he's out. Mancini had a really good round. He had like twenty four. Is that really good oh, now, shit. though? I'm watching Story go. I don't know. 
Man, yeah, that's pretty good. I think though. I think it was Carabas and um and uh Dallas and fucking what's his face? Dallas Braden who said the best final possible would be Otani and Mancini. It's the best story and the best story. The guy who beat cancer and fucking Babe Ruth 2.0 from Japan. That would be the greatest final ever. Or Trevor Story, you know, in Denver and then gets traded immediately after winning the home run derby would be hilarious. I still want Gallo, who is another trade target. I would be very interested. Joey Gallo is going to hit like a 550 foot home run. I Man, I know it's not going to happen, but I would love Joey Gallo to play third base like he used to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you imagine that would We're never happen there. anymore. They would never move him back to third base. But oh my god, that le- like talk about a left-handed bat. That, like that would be. Jo- imagine adding Joey Gallo to this offense. It no, would and he's a good defensive outfielder. He's a like, elite. He's got a huge arm. He covers a lot of ground for a big boy at six five. Like he's he's a great right fielder. He's an elite defender. So. He's just, it's just, there's going to be a lot of people lining up and the way Texas has been with their guys, they're not trade. They'd rather just let them walk for nothing. Like with Lance Honestly, Lynn, Lance Lynn last year, they could have yeah. traded him for even more, but they waited till the off. That was, that made no sense. Yeah. Well, they got, they did get Dane Dunning and some other stuff. Well, I mean, Lance Lynn's ridiculous now. He's been unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder what um, those offers were, but there's going to be, there's going to be interest in Joey Gallo. Oh, there, there, there should be a ton, especially considering he got so hot. I mean, what did he have? Ten home runs in the last ten games, or something like that, before the All Star break? Like he went nuts. Yeah, in June he hit. Yeah, he had ten home runs in June. So he's he's gone apeshit. Um, he had an eleven hundred OPS. Yeah, so that's like you, you want to talk about the perfect left-handed bat that the Jays could use. Oh my god! Now he strikes out too much, but still, it's like I would say he walks. He walks exactly. That's what I mean. And now he's hitting dingers again. Like that that offense. Oh my god, it would be gross. Joey Gallo. Um anything well, else John, before we move on? One more guy, John Gray. What would he cost, do you think? The, the Rockies are so stupid. Cause like here, here's the thing. You should really try to go to the Trevor Story too. I know he's right-handed, but he's a rental. Imagine and you know who I'd rather have? Forget John Gray. I want Armand Marquez. I know they said that they're not trading him, but it makes no sense not to trade him. Like that's who I would want if I'm the Blue Jays, and I would give up real value for that. Do we have a Jeff Hoffman type to send them back? Well, again, you could trade them one of the catching prospects. You could maybe use a Guriel because he's so controllable, and that they always need outfielders. It's just that. I mean, if you want a left-handed bat too, you may have to eat some of the money. You could get him for basically nothing. Other, if you took his contract on, it would be Charlie Blackman. Yeah. I know the power is not there he's, anymore, he's but he's still making contact. The power is not. The power is basically dried up, but the the average and the on base are still there. So now, granted, that's more of a DH thing, but still, that's something you could talk about. Like I think, think another team could beat our offer for Marquez, but the Rockies are a really stupid team. So exactly. And again, very possible. what happens if you're like, hey, we want Marquez and we'll take the Chuck Nasty contract off your hands? Yeah, that would be something. They'd that be would, a, that, they'd listen, they pick up the phone. And again, I would not up. mind him as the DH because you'd have him for another year after this. and It wouldn't be great, yeah. but I'd still take him as the DH and a bat off the bench, even though he's expensive. And this team has shown that they will spend money, that they will just spend money to acquire assets. So... I don't, don't think that's don't out, of, that out of that Rowdy Tellez lineup anymore. You don't have like that guy who needs to DH to be in the lineup every day. Everyone it, we have now can play. Every and day. 
and he can still play in the outfield. You can still yeah. put him in right and left when you wanted to give someone else a day off with the DH spot. Like I, I'd love Charlie Blackman if you could pull off a deal like that. Not to mention they have relievers. Like it's more of a because he's he's been up and down. Like Daniel Baird's an interesting arm. That's more of a guy you have in the middle of the thing, even though he's been their closer. Maybe you could get someone like that. Just the the Rockies have a ton of guys that the Jays should be interested in. Quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to get to before we just we got to the draft and kind of wrapped it up for just this midseason review? Because it's I I don't know what do you what, like. There's been a lot of disappointment, but overall it's been positive. It's been basically what we expected. The best case scenario. Because we said the best case scenario was Vlad does this. The offense is really good and they are a young team. They have a bunch of growing pains, but they're just over 500. They're really fun to watch and they're in a playoff spot and they are there. And the front office is making See, moves. In a to spot? They're not in a playoff spot in the playoff uh, hunt is what I meant to say in the playoff hunt. And the front office is already making moves. So I want to see yeah. more moves, obviously, but. It's a best case scenario, but the record is kind of exactly what we expected. Yeah, and and again, I think the reason there's there's some negativity toward is it is only because it feels like they should have won so many more games. It feels like they could really have taken advantage and, you know, really be chasing the Red Sox down here. Well, they'll have a chance. They got what? How many games against the Red Sox the next? Two a weeks? lot. They got Seven? a t- That's the thing. Like they'll be able to do it head to head, and it's a. I feel like reason. we said about the Rays, though. We said the same. We thing. did. Like, if they take five. We also the Rays. And we also said like, hey, they got to start making moves, and they did make moves, and we hoped it would help against the Rays. And it just, Tropicana sucks. It's a house of horrors. I hate it. I hate it so much. Burn that place to the ground. Move the Rays to Montreal, so we never have to play in Tropicana ever again. But I think the Marcus Semyon move, you're willing to pay a guy $17 million for one season. That should be saying that we're really going for it this exactly. season. Exactly. So if you're doing a move like that, you need to we know they have to do more. That should indicate they are going to do more. Well, look at the Simber move. That look that that's that that's them just taking money on. Yep. Rowdy Telez is more of a taking an advantage of a team that was in a desperate spot that had some bullpen depth. But the to get Simber and Dickerson because Dickerson uh, Dickerson's contract I believe was like eight eight point eight million almost nine million dollars and they didn't want to pay it anymore and Joe Panic was making under a million dollars or maybe a million bucks even so that was basically the deal and he's wiped out by Simber so they saved almost what was left on Dickerson's deal by not having him anymore and that was basically the Jays being like cool we'll do that for a pitcher nobody's heard of. A guy who is literally just a dude in the organization and Joe Panic. It's yeah. a great bit of business. So they need to do more. Like more, now they need to take some big swings. And again, we're not talking about Austin, Austin Martin. You know what I mean? We're not talking about trading those type of dudes. But if you traded an Eric Pardino, if uh, I mean even Kevin Smith now is doing things. But I mean, if you're if you're doing a big enough trade, I would get behind maybe Alejandro Kirk because of Gabriel Moreno. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I kind of want Kirk here for his bat in this offense. And I'd rather him when you trade him, build up his value, like have one of those hot stretches before you. And again, him. I think, I think, I think, twenty-seven-year-old Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who's in the midst of a hot streak, who's a very streaky player. If you can capitalize on the fact that everyone looks at the value of his contract and his loud tools, 
if you could really capitalize that on a bad team to be like, hey, we can just we can bat second or third for us and play one position every single day because we're an awful team because we're rebuilding and he can kind of be one of the, the, the cornerstones for one of those bad teams. I could see a team talking themselves into that. Like the Rockies. I also could see the Pittsburgh Pirates. I could see the Pirates talking themselves into doing it and doing it because they have, you could put him in left field, you have Brian Reynolds in center field, and you could dock yourself into O'Neill Cruz, the six foot seven shortstop playing right field. I'm very okay with trading Loris Gurriel, honestly. If we're able to get a guy who's actually going to help us more this year, you know, we have a shot this year. You make the right moves. And they have the outfield depth. Exactly. You have Robbie Ray doing what he's doing and Semyon doing what he's doing. There's no guarantee those guys are back next year. Exactly. So we, keep talking about, we keep talking about the money that those guys are going to make in the offseason. It's just, it's just a fact. They're doing too well. Like We love them, and it would be great if they come back, but they're, just making, they're, they're doing too well. They're going to price themselves out. Mm-hmm. Like can't wait. Start, can't just have this season be a good year for Vlad and the team was – Decent. You can't waste an MVP quality year. You really can't. You know, you don't get an 1100 OPS year every day from and play. Four, four all stars. <laughs> you got to take advantage of this opportunity because, again, with injuries, you know, reuse age and the fact that there are really no pitchers. Like, think about the fact that the guy under contract, like you have Ryu and Manoa next year. Those are the only guys that. Right, like this. This is an issue. I mean, maybe you have Stripling. I don't think so. I think Stripling might. I think Stripling might have one R beer, but still, like you don't have a lot of arms. No. No. So. Speaking of arms. Yes. We, we draft. Oh, we want to get to the draft exactly. Uh, Gunner Hoagland, uh, out of Mississippi. Ole Miss. Jays took him nineteen. Was it Ole Miss? I thought it was Mississippi. No, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Was it Ole Miss is the champion? The... National champion. This is oh, guys from Ole shit. Miss. There was another guy who got drafted earlier who was in Mississippi State. I forget his name. But... No, he's U Miss. Oh, no, yeah, Ole Miss. You're right. Ole Never Miss. Mind. Yeah. You're right. You are right. I am incorrect, good sir. Uh, yeah, so here's the thing. He had Tommy John. He fell to the Jays at 19 because he didn't have Tommy John. It's funny you bring up Jeff Harfman because it's someone that they talked about in that same type of way. Just the difference is uh, everyone viewed him as a top 10 pick. Everybody. He is three, at least three. I think it might even be four above average pitches right now. He sits 92 to 95. He's touched 97. He has a changeup. He has an above average slider. He has the fastball. Uh, and the most compelling comparison I heard was from Jim Callis, who's one of the best prospect people in the game. And Jim Callis was like, I kind of see Walker Bueller. And what he meant was Walker Bueller was in the exact same situation. A guy with multiple plus pitches, with plus control, who had put together a great college career. Bueller had done it at Vanderbilt. and uh, Hoagland's doing it at, at Old Miss. And both of them had Tommy John going into their draft year. And Walker Bueller didn't have the 99 to 100 that he throws now. He threw 93, 94, 95. But in coming back from Tommy John, he gained the extra stuff. And Callis very pointedly said, there's a chance that Hoagland could be that type of guy. So it's, I, I think it's a great it's a great swing at 19 for the Jays, who have Absolutely. been drafting early recently. 
Yeah, you're going to get a cheaper rate because of the draft position. I know people are probably scared because of what's happening with Pearson right now. Saying like, oh my yep. God, we're going to draft another guy. Like the, the optics of it. But I think with everything you just said, the fact that this fits the mold of what the Jays like to do drafting, you know, I don't see any downside right now, at least. And I think this is a you know very high upside, even if he's healthy, low floor. Because apparently what's his low is going to be like a back at the end of rotation. Well, that's, that's the thing. He's... He's got the incredibly high ceiling, but he's also got a very high floor because he's got above average command in multiple plus pitches. And Tommy John's something that it just it feels like everyone has at some point and comes back from. So it's not one of those things that scares people off anymore. So it's yeah. he he's got such a high ceiling and he has a high floor. Exactly. He should be a big league starting pitcher. So and again, you you have Sean uh, Simeon Woods Richardson, who's on the come. You have Alec Manoa, who's here. You have Pearson trying to figure it out. You have a lot of very interesting arms coming. Not to mention all of the offense that's already here and that's on its way. And guys like Roshans and hey, even Kevin Smith is apparently working his way into the Jays thing. And I mean, Austin Martin should have been the first overall pick last year. The way he's hitting the baseball, like it's just well. That was a difference. There was four teams who just didn't want to spend any money. Exactly. Sport. It was a different. It was a different type of. Yeah. Exactly. The same but, thing happened this draft too. Yep. Well, the Pirates ended up getting four guys who were rated as first round picks, including a, that insane athlete who's also committed to play uh, f- like football as a quarterback at Clemson. Oh wow. He's a pitcher. He's a he's a pitcher. He's a shortstop. You know they think he can legitimately play both. He throws in the upper 90s, and by the way, he might be Clemson's quarterback. And apparently, even though he's right-handed, he can throw a football 40 yards with his left hand. Like, he seems like he's Bo Jackson. Sounds like another guy we drafted. Mr. Anthony Alford. This is true. There was a lot of hype on Anthony Alford. But he went, like, the fourth or fifth. He went went later. He was not, you know what I mean? He was not a guy that was drafted in the second. Actually, he might have gone in the second round. But yeah, still, like, the, the Pirates did draft like four guys who were graded as first round talents. Yeah, that's a lot. That's that's a lot of strategy involved, and you like to be up multiple guys. You know you're gonna do it. And Ben way. Sherrington helped the Jays get a lot of the guys we love in their farm system, and oh he helped God. a lot of the Sorry. great Red Sox. Is, is Gallo gonna do this right now? Are you guys watching this? He's I'm going behind, nuts, hitting dinger after oh dinger God. after. He's literally hitting a dinger on every fucking swing. He's down he's ten, insane. going to the bonus, and he's just hit like seven. I know he's here. up to seventeen. Stories at twenty. This is insane. He's hitting a dinger on every swing. It feels like he doesn't even look, look like face. all of these. Dude, look at Story's no, face. He's like, what is happening? Oh, the last couple didn't get out. Oh, oh, oh that one's that way pitch. out. Oh, this one looks like it's out too for nineteen. Two more pitches. Oh, did that get out or did that hit the top of that fence thing? We need the we need Chris Berman on this. Oh man, he's not gonna get it. Oh, well, that was short. Holy shit. Joey Gallo just went nuts. Oh, no, they counted that. It was 19. Oh, my 19. God. This sucks. I wish he got through. Him and Olsen. Woo! Woo! That was damn close. Had Fair to interrupt. Survived. I saw it starting. Oh, that was awesome. And I'm like, this no, he, do this. I was kind of like looking out of the side of my, and you're like, do you, do you see this right now? And that's why I turned around and it was just like every swing was a dinger for like five in a row there. <laughs> Um. Yeah. No. So Gunnar Hogland, very interesting. I'm very excited. Great name um, too. Oh hell yeah! I think it was Scott MacArthur too who made the joke. I hope Jonas Hoagland throws up the first pitch on Gunnar's debut. For anyone who's a Leaf fan, Jonas Hoagland from back in the day. 
Theo, that might be before your age, your time, because I was very young when Jonas Hovland was a leaf. I'm not a hockey guy like Anthony, so, you know. This is true. Anthony appreciated that. Hawk, puck, puck. Was there anything else you boys wanted to get to, though, before we wrap this one up? The uh, mid-season review of uh, the Jays season to this point? Um, no, I think uh, we kind of touched everything. We got to – I keep saying this every week, but, you know, we got the Red Sox next weekend. The – and it's Big both series. of these Red Sox series are before the traded line. So you want to convince your, your front office to go for it, you fucking take both series and make them look like, okay, this is a real team we have to we have to add. Exactly. We've got to do things. We've got to make moves. But that's it. That's been uh, that's been it for this episode, episode 19 of the Toronto Until Blue Jays podcast. This has been uh, obviously our weekly review, but then the mid-season review, wrapping it all up. Um it to be interesting to see the second half. Hopefully this team can make a playoff push. Hopefully there's some big trades in the offing that helps them kind of come together and, and go on a run. Because it's funny, people joke around because I was talking about 2015. And people do, just quick aside, people joke around like, hey, 2015, they were this point. Yeah, and then they went on like a 750 winning percentage streak and were the best team in baseball. But people talk about 2015 like it was easy, that it was not an easy thing to do. That's, rep- that's, re- that's repeatable. We're a better team. Well, we have a better record the, this year, too. They were under 500. When that's, they, when and they the second game. wild card and the weakness of the Yankees and the fact the Rays are kind of struggling. Like the, there's opportunity. There's right Troy Tulowitzki. Right I mean. Hey, wouldn't it be great if you got Trevor Story just made it happen like like Troy Tulowitzki all over again? Yeah, I, that's what I want. A mammoth trade with the uh, the Rockies? That'd be awesome. But <laughs> – yeah. Like I was saying, that's it for this one. Uh, episode 19 of the Toronto Until Blue Jays podcast. Uh, like I was saying, you can find our website, torontontilt.com. You can find our Twitter at Toronto Untilt. You can find the video of this podcast on YouTube, Toronto Untilt. And of course, the audio of this podcast is available everywhere. You get your podcasts, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Bleaker, Breaker, all of the things. Like, comment, subscribe, tell your friends. Until next time, see ya. Vlad home run tomorrow. Book it.